Israel. The Lord has given you the land, and soon you will conquer it. Settle down and plant crops. And when you begin harvesting each of your crops, the very first thing you pick must be put in a basket. Take them to the place where the Lord your God chooses to be worshipped and tell the priest, Long ago, the Lord our God promised our ancestors that he would give us this land. And today, I thank him for keeping his promise and giving me a share of the land. The priest will take the basket and set it in front of the Lord's altar. Then standing there in front of the place of worship, you must pray. My ancestor was homeless, an Aramean who went to live in Egypt. There were only a few in his family then, but they became great and powerful, a nation of many people. The Egyptians were cruel and had no pity on us. They mistreated our people and forced us into slavery. We called out for help to you, the Lord God of our ancestors. You heard our cries. You knew we were in trouble and abused. Then you terrified the Egyptians with your mighty miracles and rescued us from Egypt. You brought us here and gave us this land, rich with milk and honey. Now, Lord, I bring to you the best of the crops that you have given me. After you say these things, place the basket in front of the Lord's altar and bow down to worship him. Then you and your family must celebrate by eating a meal at the place of worship to thank the Lord your God for giving you such a good harvest. And remember to invite the Levites and the foreigners who live in your town. May this be to us a word from the Lord. Hello and welcome to the Lectio Cascadia podcast. My name is Brandon Rhodes and I'm glad you're here. Thank you as always uh, for the music, this Lenten music. Uh, thank you to Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for it. And yeah, this is the first Sunday in Lent. Who is God? What is the divine? What is ultimate reality? How do you answer these questions? What are the attributes of the divine? How do you describe God? How do you answer these questions? There exists a long legacy of describing soulful matters like this through bullet points, rhetorical arguments, dogma, doctrine. Um, This legacy maps as much of God as they think they can, with as strong of superlatives as possible often. Uh, God is omnipotent, omniscient, immutable, impassable. It makes God impossible. Uh, <laughs> this is the order in which, uh, to them, you know, the they talk about this the order in which the different ingredients of the Holy One's love and justice emanate. Uh, they call it the Ordo Salutis. Divinity is tidy, mappable, fixed. There is one way God loves and not another. <laughs> now, ironically, uh, this legacy that puts God under a microscope also puts God impossibly high and distant. The divine in this tradition cannot touch or feel our reality because it would compromise, compromise divinity somehow <laughs> instead of express it. God cannot be stirred, be curious, be delighted, be surprised. It means God can't love, God, <laughs> honestly. It makes God pure hierarchy as their list of omni-attributes suggests. God cannot be present to our violence, they say, yet God's very reality to them is violence. Worse, (laughs) it's not just that God is violence there. Uh, God to these people cannot forgive without violence. Violence precedes grace and forgiveness, according to them. 
<laughs> it's revolting. Uh, God cannot be close to us, yet we can have a kind of knowing of God that takes the wild expansiveness of God of the divine and channels it into our little blueprints. God can't approach us, but we can control God. God is all controlling, but we control God. It's strange. It confuses our map with God's territory. It takes this jewel at the heart of the lotus, as one tradition says, and puts it under a museum glass. It pins the corpse of the dove, of the divine, to the board, all while claiming they have the most magnificent view of God. In reality, this legacy is one that cannot stand mystery, cannot handle the divine presence, cannot handle surprise. It finds security in its controlling the all-controlling God. It makes the Holy One, uh, well, you know what I'm going to say by now if you've listened, <laughs> it makes the Holy One into a thing, not a gift. Now, that's not how the ancients answered the question, who is God and what are the divine attributes? When they were asked, they told stories. The early writers in the Jesus movement told stories to understand divinity. Jesus told parables, little stories, pocket-sized stories, to invite people into a deeper realm of meaning and understanding of the divine in this life. God is a brooding hen in a burning barn, protecting the chicks. God is a father looking at the horizon for signs of new life. Jesus' people, the Jewish people, did the same thing. They told stories. Who is God? God is the one who took us out of Egypt, out of slavery. God is the one who created the heavens and the earth. God is the one who established us here. Now here's the thing about stories. This legacy of storytelling is an understanding of uh, soulful humanity. <laughs> uh, they assume an active presence, an elusive but tangible personhood to God, to ultimate reality. The divine was the reality behind our liberation, our homecoming, our discovering ourselves as beloved. We have stories to tell about that. And in fact, our stories are better than our adjectives. God can be understood as active more than static, unfolding in relationship rather than rigid in hierarchy. God is tangible in our remembering well, yet the very momentousness of it all, the very, the, mo the momentumness, I guess, <laughs> uh, the moving nature of it, um, the wiggle room that a story has creates room for discovery. There's always more to learn and behold and be curious about and that's what's worth holding on to the divine is less a thing to be described and more a reality to be explored a permeating person the congenial personability that just shimmers through our world that we join in partnership we join in in, in partnership and in participation and conversation with in other words, who we worship with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, rather than simply with confessing and pinpointing and charting. As my friend Tony says, if I'm remembering him right, um, share, sharing the divine is like sharing a sunset, not a book. You know, in this case, the story is from homelessness to homecoming, from scarcity to to abundance, from slavery 
to liberation, to restful abundance. Hmm. God creates room for those who have none, feasts for those on the brink of famine. In this excerpt from Sacred Scripture, Moses commands folks to respond to the abundance of the land by doing two things. First, tell that story. (laughs) And second, live that story. They're called to bring the abundance of the land to the priest and what? Burn it? Sacrifice it wastefully in the name of God? Just give it to somebody else? Uh, Who will then burn it? Um, (laughs) No, no, no. They have a feast. They have a potluck. They have a neighborhood block party. Just as the Holy One brought you from desert to fertility, from being nobody to known, from nowhere to home, so also bring into the feast the Levite tribe of priests that have no land and bring in the foreigners among you, the destitute and the marginalized and left out, the priests and the priests uh, and you, all together at the same table, enjoying the very first of the harvest. <laughs> now, when I garden, I always want to make sure I get the first bite of the first fruit, the first head of lettuce. I want, to, I want it to be mine. Um, <laughs> I don't want to give it away. I want it to be mine. Uh, no. No. Um, <laughs> harvest begins not with a scarcity of needing to hoard and make sure that you have enough. No. Harvest begins with sharing, with grateful community making, with storytelling and story living, with room making, remembering well and remembering those who aren't members, those on the fringe. The scarcity that makes you alone, that haunts Pharaoh in his nightmares, that there won't be enough. It shall not be so among people attuned to the Holy One. For you relive the story of the Holy One who liberates. The Holy One who gives. You are partners of that Holy One who brings people into abundance. God brought you into abundance. Bring others into that abundance as well. May your week ahead be filled with curiosity and wonder gratitude and laughter, courage and presence. And may the peace of Christ be with you.